Welcome to Q&A with RNA. Today we are going to be talking about what we're calling the basics. And by basics, we're talking about the basic of what a healthy relationship is. What we think it is, what other people think it is from the people who have studied healthy relationships. And then hopefully that'll get y'all thinking about what the term healthy relationships mean to you personally. So without further ado, let's get this thing going. All right, first question for you, Miss Abby. Define what you believe a healthy relationship is in one sentence. I think a healthy relationship or friendship is one that doesn't ever make you feel bad about yourself, but lets you know when you're wrong, loves you and cherishes you, trusts you, lets you know when you are important and you matter, doesn't ever try to change who you are, with helping you grow as a person to your full potential and someone you know that will always be there for you. Yeah, I agree with you. There. I think a healthy, healthy relationship or friendship involves everything that you mentioned. I also feel that it changes between couples. I mean, there are different types and different reasons for a, for a relationship. So I feel as long as both people in the relationship or friendship agree to the terms of their relationship, then it is healthy. To me, as long as it is mutual, again, it is healthy. You know, like what you said is what you want. So as long as you're getting that and you're giving your partner what they need or want, it is healthy. So here's a question for Rebecca. What are some benefits of having healthy relationships? Some benefits of having a healthy relationship is to me... You can just like have someone in your corner. You have someone that you can trust and confide in and someone that is going to support you in everything that you do and be there if something in your life goes astray. Knowing that you are safe and accepted also allows for a person to make new connections easier. It really just gets down to chemistry. Your brain releases like endorphins depending on your surrounding areas. For example, research from the 2005 Love Promotes Health study found that the brain has the capacity to increase social attachment and other positive social behaviors, providing additional indirect benefits of sociality. So basically, your brain releases chemicals that allows you to feel good. So if you are in a relationship with someone and endorphins are released, you're going to try and recreate the same thing. So you're going to become more sociable and gain more friends, especially if you're in like a really, really, really good relationship. It's benefiting both partners. You're going to want to go out and find more like that. And you're also going to know when you are in a bad relationship because you will be physically like feel different. Yeah, I feel like that's also a really good point to be in, like have a relationship that was maybe bad for you. So you can see the difference in having someone that's good for you and having a really unhealthy relationship because there's big differences and you're going to see them if you've been in both types of relationships. Yeah. Um, here's another question for Rebecca. What are some traits of an unhealthy relationship and red flags to know about? Okay, so I'm very adamant about learning, understanding, and raising awareness about signs of an unhealthy relationship because I've seen them in my life. But if anyone ever has a few minutes to just like read something real quick, 
Dr. Alice Boyles, who is a practicing psychiatrist, posted an article on psychologytoday.com titled 51 Signs of an Unhealthy Relationship. And man, it is definitely an eye-opener. It talks about the fact that it's okay to fight, but in an unhealthy relationship, one person finds themselves always blaming themselves instead of trying to figure out what went wrong. It also speaks about how it's unhealthy when your partner only vows superficial things about you like sex or money, and that's all they want from you. Some relationships are on eggshells constantly because you don't feel comfortable with them to talk about problems. It's honestly a good read, and I recommend it to people who are starting to date or trying to figure out if their relationships are beneficial, because honestly, 90% of what Dr. Bowles talks about can be related to relationships between friends, co-workers, family members, etc. Determining whether it's a healthy relationship or unhealthy doesn't always have to correlate with a romantic relationship. Another question for Rebecca is, should you treat every relationship with the sex that you are attracted to? Like you could possibly have a romantic relationship with them one day. Um, Absolutely not. I believe there are many types of different relationships. You have romantic, you have a friends with benefits kind of thing happening. You have family members, you have friends that are like family members. Um, But I fully believe that a platonic relationship with a person of the opposite sex is important to have in anyone's life. And another article from psychologytoday.com, Dr. Diana Rabb said, while there might be some sexual tension between platonic friends, they might both decide to keep things simple and not become sexual. The problem is that once platonic friends become sexually intimate, the lines and boundaries become blurred. So no, I don't think you should have to, but going back to the question when you asked about possibly have, I mean, that can mean many things. So I think if you create that strong bond to begin with, and as long as everything is mutual, then if that relationship shifts into a romantic relationship, then it would hopefully become like more natural. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think every platonic relationship needs to be treated like you could become romantic one day, but if a person in the friendship does find you sexually attractive like that, you definitely need to have a conversation about it because once you become sexually intimate with that person, it's really hard to get just a platonic friendship back. So a question for you, Abby. Um, What are some things that you consider are essential for a healthy relationship? I think trust is very essential. Um, If you do not trust your friend in a friendship or your partner in a relationship, then I truly think it's bound to fail. Trusting someone is what I think makes a good relationship work. Another important thing in a relationship is having someone that you know cares for you and only wants what's best for you. At the end of the day, your partner or friend may drive you crazy, but if you know what they say and do is from the heart and that they are only trying to help you, then I think your relationship will work. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think trust is something that is extremely important. I think one that is a like sub-factor of trust is truth. A healthy relationship is one where people don't keep secrets unless it's like a surprise birthday party, then that's fine. (laughs) But I think if you have trust, you can trust your partner to be truthful with you because once something 
or someone becomes untruthful, people's needs start to be unmet. Like I was saying earlier, if the relationship is mutual, then it is beneficial and healthy. But I feel that if one partner becomes untruthful, then it could begin causing issues that would like not allow for the other's partner's needs to be met because those qualities they're looking for may not be present. All right, Abby, another question for you. How do you believe standards for healthy relationships change from heterosexual couples to homosexual couples? I think relationships between heterosexual and homosexual couples differ in ways that heterosexual couples have social expectations to live up to, such as the woman cleans, the man works and provides, the man pays for dinner, the woman raises the kids, etc. And when someone does something different than that, it is talked badly about. Like if there is a family that has a stay-at-home dad, it's like people think that that man is lazy or is a bum. Or when a woman doesn't want to clean and ask the man to, she isn't being a good wife. With homosexual couples, I think there really isn't social gender role expectations for them to live up to. They can both clean. It doesn't really matter if one or the other stays at home or works outside of the home. It doesn't matter if they both cook, one cooks, etc. According to the New York Times, same-sex couples tend to divide chores and duties in a more egalitarian way. That means that they have that they see chores as being more equal and doing chores that you may actually want to do instead of doing what society says you should do. Although I don't think it should matter in homosexual or heterosexual relationships. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that statistic really like blows my mind. To me, it makes sense to split up chores. I mean, honestly, whoever has the time to do it needs to do it. I don't really understand why we continue to make that a social norm. I mean, my personal family, my dad is retired, so he's at home all the time. So he takes care, care of things while my mom's at work because he has the time to do it. I feel that if we all tag team it, then like people get get things done faster. Thank y'all for listening. Hope you got some information from it. Until next time, this, this was Q&A with RNA. RNA.